Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive series and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched Sweet Tooth. On Netflix. Netflix. I had something good for this earlier and I totally forgot it while we were talking before we were recording. So I got nothing. I had something though. Okay. Netflix. Nope. We'll try anything. (laughs) Before we get started, (laughs) I got a phone call today from Shay's brother-in-law who said he's been listening to our podcast nonstop at work and he really likes it. Oh, no. So I told him, well, hey, we're recording an episode later. We'll give you a shout out. So... Thanks for listening, Chad. That's probably not a good sign that my first reaction, and that was a genuine reaction when I hear somebody that we know is listening to the podcast is, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My guitar instructor has told me he listened to an episode of the podcast, too. Just one. (laughs) Yep. I've got a couple questions about Sweet Tooth. Okay. You haven't watched this yet? Mm Mm-mm. Did you not have any interest? I thought it had pod like potential for the podcast so i did my best to avoid anything and i knew it was gonna be one of those things that was gonna stay popular long enough that we were gonna run into a lull and when it was my turn to pick i'd just look at the top 10 shows on netflix and there it would be so i know i had no context for the show whatsoever netflix (laughs) something about it might have been something about Britney Spears because that This Is Pop show just dropped. Like, Netflix, free free Britney. I'm really glad that we've now spent three and a half minutes on Britney. On, on, a, on a punch, not even a punchline, just like a mention of, of Britney Spears. Oh, wait, no, I got it. Netflix. It's Netflix, bitch. Nope. Like Britney. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Okay. What'd you think of Sweet Tooth? I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. This was a weird-ass show. Yeah. I knew just from seeing the thumbnail that there was going to be a whimsical-ass narrator that was not necessary to be in the show because that narrator was very unnecessary. I felt like he was unnecessary. Well, no. Okay. So he was unnecessary to advance the plot, but I do think that he was necessary to um, establish the tone of the show. Okay. Because the first thing, like when the show first started and the narrator is going and one of the first thing that happens is a global fucking pandemic, which fuck you, by the way, for picking this show. Oh, dude. I remember what my... I remember what it was. I genuinely remember what it was. It was Netflix. Too soon, guys. <laughs> what the fuck did that have to do with Britney Spears? <laughs> Nothing. It didn't have anything to do with Britney Spears. It had something to do with this show being about a global pandemic. Yeah. All right. Let's just go back. I'll edit it in. No. Netflix. Too soon, guys. Now do like a reaction to it. No. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse 
to make this show seem any better than it is. So, you already started, but do you want to tell everybody what this is about? This this might end up a little rambly. I've had a little practice at it because I was describing it to Kathy. I watched this last night when she was uh, out hanging out with family and came back and I told her, like, I watched a really fucking weird show. Let me tell you about it. I don't know why I'm telling you about it because I'm not sure I'm going to keep watching it, but I might keep watching it because clearly this has interested me enough that I need to tell you about this show. In the future, I'd prefer if you came into these recordings fresh and didn't, like, start podcasting without me. What you're saying is that conversations don't talk to your are, life are IRL podcasts. <laughs> Got it. I can't agree to that. So the show is about uh, a global pandemic that happens that everybody calls the sick, which is way dumber than the Rona. And at the same time that this pandemic is happening and it's killing a lot of people, we can't get a handle on it at all. Yeah, it's like uh, COVID times two. Times two? Yeah, yes. In terms of, uh, I don't think that, I, I think that we were very, very close to the coronavirus having a very similar impact. With just like helicopters flying and like tanks rolling down the street. Yes, I th- I genuinely think that if it had gotten much worse, our infrastructure would have crumbled. Okay, would have absolutely crumbled, and that's why I think the tanks were rolling. It's, it wasn't because the virus was so deadly, or just because the virus was so deadly. It was that it was deadly enough that it overwhelmed everything. Yeah, I didn't think tanks were fighting the virus. <laughs> they were going out like we were taking the tanks to the hospital to kill all the people that had the virus. So this virus is happening. And then at the same time, seemingly out of nowhere, babies are being born with animal features. Like we see a doctor who is at the hospital taking care of his sick wife, um, who I assume died in that moment. I guess I, he was just sitting there stunned. So maybe she was just close to death. Someone calls him in and he sees an, an infirm, like a maternity ward that's just filled with babies that have seemingly random animal features like wings or uh, a dog nose and tail and just really weird shit. But no deers. We only saw like three of them. So at that point in time, I wasn't thinking, wow, no deer, really? Or later when we see this other kid who's got deer antlers and ears, I wasn't thinking, oh my God, a deer? (laughs) You guys have gone too far with this shit. A dog and a bird I was cool with. A porcupine back. Okay. But not deer. We also then see uh, a guy taking his kid out to the woods. Who this, this baby is, as far as I could tell, not a newborn baby. It was at least a year old. That had the nubbins of deer horns and they're going out in the woods. And it's the the point of the show is not even about the pandemic and everything that's happening it's about this guy raising his kid alone in the woods and that man was played by will forte who seems to have a hard-on for post-apocalyptic shows where he's the only man alive right yes i think honestly i genuinely think because i thought i wrote this down that man he really likes post-apocalyptic shows but i genuinely think it's that he can grow a really killer beard I wondered, and I don't 
think it's out of the question if they cast Will Forte in this just because of Last Man on Earth. If like the people who were making this show were like, who should we cast as the dad? And they're like, let's cast Will Forte. I liked him in that show he- about the apocalypse. I think that would have been a weird choice considering that show was funny and he did there wasn't a part of his role in this that was comedic it was a very like serious role for him which was surprising i still think it's the beard what i'm saying is that i'm waiting for a netflix uh apocalypse show to come talk to me and to have me on it because of your because of my beard your beard's so nicely shaped now. Can you maintain that in an apocalypse? No. I And I think that's what would make me so good for the show is that when I don't shape it or like trim it, or it just kind of grows out big and bushy and weird, kind of like Will Forte's beard. And and just uh, this yesterday, I was trimming it and I noticed for the first time gray hairs growing in, Oh, which is perfect for this sort of shit, you know? Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. I've got uh, vitiligo and I got it right here. So when my beard grows in right here, I just get a little white patch. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. If there was a global pandemic and also children started being born that were animal hybrids, what would you consider to be the biggest mystery about this event? Like, this show is like, the biggest mystery is which happened first. And I don't know if that would be top of mind for me. I think that in the moment, you are correct. That wouldn't be the biggest mystery. But as things got really chaotic and shitty and weird. And everybody Less than a year ago, we were hoarding toilet paper. Because we had nothing else to grasp onto. If we had human-child-animal hybrids, I think we would grasp onto that pretty quickly. And I think there would be a lot of people making a lot of aggressive assumptions. If a whole bunch of kids were born that were like hybrids like this. And you lined up a hundred of them. Or even a thousand of them and none of them were deer, would you notice? No. But these guys who are poachers, apparently, we're, we got to get into that. There's apparently poachers for these kids mm-hmm. are all like, oh, a deer. Yeah, so in fairness, these guys were probably already equipped to hunt to begin with. And as such, I think that they were probably, I I guarantee you the thought crossed their mind in the nine years that it's been since this all started and who knows when they started poaching, I guarantee you it crossed their mind. Like, you know, I haven't seen any deer. Yeah. It was like, we're hunters. Like it would make sense. I would see a deer. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like a deer hunter probably would have noticed. Yep. So they're in Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't put that together. Yeah, uh, he basically like walks into Yellowstone, finds like an abandoned cabin in the backwoods, and sets up camp there. Um, <clears throat> so secluded that it takes nine years f- for somebody to run across them. Question: Did Will Forte kill that guy? Yeah, 
He killed that guy. I think so, yeah. Jeez. That's heavy. This show got pretty heavy sometimes. Yeah, that's that's where I think the narrator is helpful because the narrator lent this... Uh, adv- I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I'll use the word adventurous. Like there was, there was a tone to the show that felt whimsical, uh, whimsical, even while it was dealing with the, especially the beginning of the, ep- the episode, which a lot of people dying and a guy, a doctor dealing with the death of his wife. And I was so hoping that the guy at the end that saved him from the poachers was going to be that doctor. Yeah, that would have been something. That would have been something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just, it, the show did get very dark. So they've spent nine years. They finally see a person because Gus, the 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 boy, the dear boy, who's now eight nine years old, poked his head out of the fence and that his dad wouldn't let him out of before. And supposedly somebody saw him, and so that guy came looking, supposedly hunt hunting for his sister. Did he say it was his sister? Yeah. And saw the boy and made some creepy illusions. And not only that, he marked the site. Like, he tied off a ribbon onto the fence and disappeared. What I want to know is, how did he kill him? I I do think Will Forte killed him. He comes back with bloody knuckles and is now in advanced stages of the disease that was taking days to kill people before. But he also went out there with a syringe of something. Yeah, and it was like a syringe. He put it on a spear. He he put it on the the broomstick that he was using to pretend that he was pretending to be a gun. Yeah, I I think that he attacked the guy with that syringe or threatened him with it. That may maybe how he killed him is by stabbing him with it as like a threat. Like I've got the disease. I will get you sick, whether or not you're. You think you're immune to it or something. Yeah. But But, I don't know how he got at such an advanced stage so quick then at that point. Because he came back and he was a day away from dying. Right. And so he dies. Then Gus spends more time living by himself. And then discovers a box that his father buried that has a clue to his mother's whereabouts. Decides he's going to raft down a river and runs across poachers, one of whom he befriends. Yes. Begrudgingly. That, that guy, I'm, I'm not sure I would describe it as friendship. He ran after him, but. Yeah. I don't th- I don't know if that guy's going to. He'll, he'll be the reluctant, like, whatever you want to call it. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up not being such a he already wasn't such a nice guy he was going he was going this wasn't it came across as though he saved him but he was going to kill him yes until he realized that he could talk which was also a surprise to him yeah so apparently hybrids can't speak the other thing that was a surprise to the poachers was how big this kid was but i've got a question for you can you tell the difference in age between eight and nine year olds? Which is functionally what what happened here is, it, I I think that 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 kid was definitely as a baby. It was very clear he was not a newborn baby, unlike these other kids. So we've already got an anomaly where Will Forte is bringing him in. Presumably, this has started way earlier than anybody thinks. Yeah, he's the first hybrid or something like that. That would be a a good guess. Yeah. Um, but to everybody else. 
this kid's just a nine-year-old as opposed to an eight-year-old. I, I can't tell the fucking difference. Yeah, good point. Uh, he was bigger than the other ones, though. Does there are some help? big eight-year-olds. That's that's the thing. Like they, the especially if these guys are poachers and they've been hunting a lot of these. How how can they tell the difference between one age and another when they're hunting? They cut them open and see their rings. <laughs> they count the points on their antlers. That's it. At one point in time, after his father died, we see. I don't know how long he spends between his father dying and the poachers. Um, but I'm guessing some time because he's managed to bury the guy and we see a montage of basically everything in the house that his father was keeping up on slowly breaking down tools, breaking the plumbing system that he devised breaking, like all that sort of stuff. At one point in time, we see him come back into the house after having, I don't remember what he had done that he was coming back to quote unquote, tell his dad. And you see a figure that he's talking to at that time. Did you, did you think even for a second that maybe it was just his dad's corpse and he hadn't? I rewound it and paused to make sure it wasn't. I was absolutely certain it was going to be. And I had already started writing, shit, this is dark. <laughs> this is dark. Luckily, it was just a, a scarecrow, basically. Right. But, man. Yeah, that fucked me up. The point where I thought it got the darkest for me was when he got so frustrated with the weeds that he tossed some kerosene or something on them to to burn them out of frustration. And in his frustration and his anger started tossing his like stuffed animals onto the fire and I was like, "Oh shit." And you like see him with like his beloved dog stuffed animal uh contemplate whether or not to throw it into the fire and then he throws it in i'm like that is one of those decisions that haunts you for the rest of your life that to me uh one of the things that i really did enjoy about this show despite my ambivalence towards watch continuing to watch it is i feel like they did a reasonably good job of portraying it it felt uh realistic to me that that kid would have an impulsive fucking decision at nine years old and just in anger, throw something that's nearby in the fire, just out of anger and frustration. And then it also felt very reasonable for me to have him hastily pull that out of the fire and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry (laughs) to his stuffed animal. Yeah. Also that he had never had candy before. First time he had a candy bar, somebody shot at him. Well, the, it's teaching him a lesson about the danger of sweets. <laughs> Eat too much candy and somebody will hunt you. I did have one last very dark comment to make, which is that at the tail end of this, he's so the poacher that saved him basically teaches him a little bit more about gardening, about like how to rotate your crops and all that sort of stuff, because peas take up all the nitrate in the soil and like all this sort of stuff. And then he leaves and the kid just makes a, a decision that he's going to go, f- he's going to leave the fence for the first time and he's going to follow this guy. And so he goes and finds him. But there's a point in time where he's, uh, you can see just based on the guardrail that he's on a, a highway or like a road. And I thought it would have been really funny, but very darkly funny to have him hit by a car, you know, because he's a deer. <laughs> Just like the headlights come at him when and he stops. <laughs> yes. 
I, given how dark the show was, it was not outside the realm of possibilities. When he decided to go to Colorado and he built a raft because he was going to go down, I don't know what river it would have been, to Colorado, I was like, fuck yes, kid on a raft TV show. I'm in. I thought it was, I was so pumped up to watch this kid raft down a river for like 10 episodes and it didn't happen is this where i learned that you're secretly a, a heavy rafting enthusiast because i don't get why that's so exciting it was, i don't know i've uh i'm drawn to water into the sea mm-hmm. so that would have interested me <laughs> He would have made it. He would have made it ten miles before he ran into a lock or a dam and been like, "Oh shit, now what?" He a lock like, or a dam that has not been upkept in ten years, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he'd have to like get out and drag it around and then get back in and be like, "Oh, that doesn't happen again," and then like twenty more miles. You're so delighted and excited by that. But it's like, yeah, yep, that's what would happen. What's so exciting about that? Just being inconvenienced by dams really gets you going? I feel like in a past life I would have been a riverboat operator just up and down the mighty Mississippi. What's stopping you from doing it now? It's not as adventurous. It's so tame now. I'm talking about like when the Mississippi was just wild. Wild and untamed. Sharks everywhere. River pirates. <laughs> there, weren't, there weren't sharks. There weren't sharks above Mississippi. Okay. Um, Are you just stopping at Mississippi then? Yeah. That doesn't feel, feel like you're doing a lot of the untamed wilderness then at that point, huh? I do have like a lot of dreams about being on boats. I don't know why. You're a psychologist. What does it mean when you talk? Tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah, when you dream about just like a big vast ocean, and you're on like a tiny raft by yourself, and the water's really, really tame, and then all of a sudden you're naked and it starts storming. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher calls on you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you want to write episode two? I think we can try. Wait, was this a comic book? Yes, I looked it up afterwards. Okay, was it a comic book or like a graphic novel? Graphic novel. Graphic novel, okay. What happened at the end of the first episode? Kid runs out of his home, chases down the poacher, finds him very far away and yells, Big man, take me with you! And that was it. That was the end of the episode. Yeah, he's like up on a cliff, mm-hmm. and that poacher is like down in a cavern. And so I guess the second episode would be like one hour later, and the guy is standing there, and the kid finally comes up. It's like, thanks for waiting. The guy's like, if you want to get to Colorado, we're going to have to take a raft. Mm hmm. But first, we got to climb back up that cliff. 
So this has turned into a rafting adventure then. Yes, that's what I want, is a rafting adventure. So they uh, go and the kid's like, oh great, I already made a raft. And they go up and uh, the raft's not big enough. So now they have to spend this whole episode gathering material to make a bigger raft. Mm -hmm. And it's just basically just like really interesting and cool like raft building techniques in like materials and they like just break it down for us and show us how so it becomes all. becomes a diy yeah. you learn how to build a raft by the end of this episode yeah it's junkyard wars it's, but yeah it's a little junkyard warsy i was thinking more like this old house I don't know what this old house is. That was uh, Bob Vila on PBS. It was just a show where he would repair shit around people's homes. <laughs> Did you ever watch Home Improvement? Yes. That's the show that Tim Tim Allen hated. <laughs> or Tim God. Taylor hated because it was a com- competing show. Yeah, I don't... Are they are they competing? Building raft? Like they're each building their own raft? No. No, uh, it's basically they're building the raft, and they have to like dismantle the the hut or the, mm-hmm. the cabin. That's, and all that. that's probably true. And uh, use all those materials, and basically we learn about rafting and building a raft as that guy is teaching Sweet Tooth how to do those things. So he's like explaining it to him, and like showing him all the techniques and everything, and we're learning about that. Along with Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty interesting. It it would have at least an audience of one, I guess. <laughs> the next episode. It could be like a new thing every episode. Like, <laughs> like the next episode, they... Uh, you know what you're describing, right? They land the raft and then they get on the highway and they come across a car that's broken down. And uh, they spend the whole episode, like, fixing it up. And the guy's just, like, telling us how to fix the car and stuff. You know what you're describing? I want to make sure I had the title right. Okay, what is it? The Great Escapists. (laughs) That show on Amazon Prime that we watched that was fucking terrible. Yeah, I, I have already realized that I am describing... I'm describing the version of The Great Escapist that we wanted. Though. So what you're saying is what The Great Escapist really needed was a one-hour episode prelude <laughs> that describes what happened that got them on the island, and then we just grow to like them more as characters before we see them open up a giant crate full of condoms. <laughs> yeah, and also just, like, done better. Sure. <laughs> and without the competition. Mm-hmm. It's not them against each other it's them against nature that's that's kind of what the great escapist was but okay do you not remember in the great escapist that they whole thing was them building a track and making go-karts to race each other but the point of that was so that they could figure out which of their models was best for digging a moat i don't remember what they were trying to do (laughs) it was an excuse to just make go-karts but so what you're telling me, though, yeah. is that your show that you're describing right now is not a thinly veiled attempt at making rafts? Because that's all you've described to me is an excuse to build rafts. Yeah, you got me. Great Escapist 2. Great Escapist 2. 
Electric we, Boogaloo. We did it better this time. <laughs> also, one of us has deer horns now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe those will come in useful. Oh, yeah. How long until he tries to file those horns off and put a hat on that kid? Not long. Not long at all. Mm-hmm. Probably not next episode because I don't think they're anywhere near civilization, but when they're heading to town. Want to wrap it up? Yes. Thanks for listening to the Episode 1 Podcast with Michael and Eric. You should check out our website. It's episode1podcast.com. That's spelled out O-N-E. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Episode 1. And that's the numeral one. Uh, Either of those will keep you up to date on all of our episodes. You can leave a suggestion or idea for a show we should watch for the podcast. Not that we're ever running out of ideas, given everything that these streaming services are doing. If you like the show, please subscribe with your podcaster of choice and make sure to leave a review and or rating. Last but not least, big thanks to Boz D for the use of our theme song. See you next week. Thanks for listening, Chad.